Hi, my name is Pastor Paul Goddard, and I would like to welcome you to the Sunday Sermon podcast series from Bethel Assembly of God. In these podcasts, we will be sharing our Sunday morning messages so that you can keep up with all the teachings that are going on here at Bethel. We want to invite you to join us in person on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at 6029 Lapeer Road in Burton, Michigan. Bethel Assembly of God, we are a family. And as family, we grow. And as family, we go. I hope this message blesses and encourages you. Thank you. So we are starting off this year with a series called Back to Basics. Um, I think it's important that we cover our basics a lot. And before I get started, because I almost forgot, are we doing kids' church today? All right, kids, guess what? Have fun. They're not going, Robin. They're still sitting. I hear Roland. Yep. Okay. So, but we want to talk about basics. Last week we talked about prayer. And what's, what's interesting, we're going to stay in Matthew chapter 6 because in Matthew 6, there are three righteous actions that Jesus talks about. And we started last week with prayer, and we're going to continue. I'm not going in order, so if you're expecting me to go in a certain order through Matthew 6, I'm not. I'm going through the order I prepared it in. Um, but the third righteous action that Jesus mentioned is one that we're going to talk about today. So prayer is foundational. Um, we went through that last week, and all the other spiritual disciplines rest on prayer. They all depend on prayer because prayer is what gives us a proper attitude and a proper posture towards God. It provides the opportunity for us to have those conversations with God that transform our lives. And today I want to lay out another block that is very closely related that uh, goes with it. So I want to begin this week with a riddle, or at least I hope it's a riddle. Um, It's not funny, so... Um, I'm preparing you because I want you to know riddles aren't always funny, right? Sometimes they're serious. So anyway, this riddle is a common experience I'm sure several of us have had over the years, and here it is. Some of us have had to do it more than once. It's something that we know is for our own good, but is surely difficult to do for the length of time we have to do it. And the fact that others don't have to do it while we have to do it is sometimes very frustrating. So I want to give you a chance to answer the riddle. Did you cheat? No, it was up there. Fasting. Oh, it is. It's, it's specific, though. It's fasting before surgery. I know. Before surgery. Before surgery. I want, to, I want you to think about it for a moment. You have to... We have to not eat or drink anything for what sometimes ends up to be 10 to 12 hours before you go in. We know that we are abstaining for our own good um, and for the good of our surgeon as we trust and pray that the surgery is successful. But it is very, very hard when your doctor tells you you cannot eat anything or drink anything after 8 p.m. And not to get grumpy about it. 
and not, not to be grumpy in the morning and not to have everybody else around us be grumpy at the same time. Fasting is something that we do only when we have to most of the time. It is, it is not something that most of us do voluntarily. But when we fast, we become aware of just how important food and drink are to us. And, uh, and I can tell you, as I do this a couple of times a year as a diabetic, I'm, I'm painfully aware of fasting blood sugar tests. And, and now, what's great too is fasting has become a trend. And you can practice intermittent fasting now if you want to. So there's all sorts of options. You get to choose to fast if you want to. But in, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, Jesus says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now I know everybody in here has had children living at home or has children living at home and you, you hit that certain part of the day where they've had breakfast, they've had lunch and dinner isn't for like four hours and they're hungry. And you know they're not really actually hungry, they just want something and they start doing this thing with their face and it contorts and makes these weird shapes that you didn't know were possible because they're hungry and they need something. When I read this, this scripture by, that, that Jesus is telling us to not, not do these things, to not make people aware of our fast, to not show it with our face, to not do all these things, I think about kids and I think about how fasting, when we talk about spiritual discipline, is one that is something that mature believers do well. And it's something that younger believers and those who are still growing in Christ need to see in practice, need to be taught in practice. And it's, it's definitely, fasting is something we should engage in as believers. And one of the things, just like prayer, we forget what it is and why we do it. We, we get these things. I mean, it's, it's the beginning of the year. I can, I can count on both hands and my feet how many churches I know who are going through Daniel fasts right now as churches because that's what they've always done. So, but with that, they don't always remember why they're doing it. They don't always remember what the purpose is. Sometimes it becomes just like other things we do and it becomes a tradition and it becomes something we do out of habit. Jesus assumes... Because he's talking about it here, that fasting is going to be a normal part of a believer's life. That like prayer, that fasting is going to help promote an attitude of dependence on God. And fasting, just to define it real quickly and simply, is setting aside a space of time where we abstain from food and drink. It's a spiritual discipline, the purpose of which is to become more like Jesus. That's it. It's that simple. Obviously, we cannot do this for days and days on end. But we can push the plate back every now and then. And we could take the time we would have spent eating and use it for prayer or devotional reading. I did see something very funny when I was doing research. Um, when it talks about 
fasting in January is that it's, it's ironic that everybody pushes for fasting in January after we have just come out of December where we've spent a month feasting and now we need to be fasting. Which makes it even more difficult when we, we have so much and we have so much that can distract us. Fasting's not complicated. It's not magical. It's not a formula whereby you go on a hunger strike to get God's favor. It's something that's it's not unique to our faith. Um, almost every religion requires some form of fast from its adherents. Buddhists fast, Muslims fast, Jews fast. Even in the Greek and Roman religions of Jesus' day, fasting was part of their duty to the gods. To the Greeks and Romans, fasting was not about gaining some high spiritual place. Fasting was about ensuring the proper relationship between you and the spirits or the, the gods. In fact, when Paul talks to the Corinthian church about whether or not to eat meat that's offered to idols, we get a glimpse into what the Romans and Greeks thought. In their minds, it wasn't just about legality. It was about the fact that they believed that they could actually ingest evil spirits through food. That because they had been offered to gods, that they could still ingest these evil spirits. But the Romans and Greeks also believed that fasting could provide a way for someone to gain stronger magical powers. That through fasting they could receive dreams, oracles from the gods, or the ability to cast stronger spells. It was a way for them to have greater personal power. If you ever watched a movie um, that's based in Greece or ancient Rome and they're consulting an oracle or they're trying to get a prophecy, this is a person who has gone on an extreme fast to the point where it affects their mind and usually is induced by some sort of substance as well. So there's no magic in it. There's nothing special about it. It's somebody hallucinating in this and what they're getting. We are not called to fast to the point of hallucination. We're not called to fast to the point of destroying or hurting ourselves. Other religions practice fasting, but it doesn't mean the same thing. We don't have the same motivation that they have. In fact, the motivation for our fasting should be simply this, is to draw closer to God. And just like with prayer, fasting is about attitude, it's about posture, and there's a couple things that we need to be aware of today as we approach the spiritual discipline of fasting. I do want to read this real quick before we go on. This is Isaiah chapter 58, and this is verses 1 through 14. It says, Cry out loudly, don't hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. They seek me day after day and delight to know my ways, like a nation that does what is right, and does not abandon the justice of their God. They ask me for righteous judgments. They delight in the nearness of God. Why have we fasted, but you have not seen? We have denied ourselves, but you haven't noticed. Look, you do as you please on the day of your fast and oppress all your workers. You fast with contention and strife to strike viciously with your fists. You cannot fast as you do today hoping to make your voice heard on high. Will the fast I choose be like this, a day for a person to deny himself, to bow his head like a reed, and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? 
Will, will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Isn't this the fast I choose? To break the chains of wickedness, to untie the ropes of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to tear off every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the poor and homeless into your house, to clothe the naked when you see him, and not to ignore your own flesh and blood? Then your light will appear like the dawn, and your recovery will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you, and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. At that time when you call, the Lord will answer. When you cry out, he will say, Here I am. If you get rid of the yoke among you, the finger pointing and malicious speaking. And if you offer yourself to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted one, then your light will shine in the darkness and your night will be like noonday. The Lord will always lead you, satisfy you in a parched land and strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden and a, like a spring whose water never runs dry. Some of you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will restore the foundations laid long ago. You will be called the repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets where people live. If you keep from desecrating the Sabbath, from doing whatever you want on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own way, seeking your own pleasure or talking business, then you will delight in the Lord. I will make you ride over the heights of the land and let you enjoy the heritage of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Fasting wasn't just meant to be something that happens. The space that we create in our lives when we fast is meant to be filled at the same time. The reason is this. Fasting, the first thing I want to point out is fasting breaks the power of the flesh in our life. We are... Uh, our base human nature is to be selfish. It's to be narrow-minded. It's to be not willing to change, mostly because it causes us to be uncomfortable. For most of humanity, our personal happiness is the end game of our life. But since the first sin in the garden, our flesh has had us chained to this nature. While our souls long for freedom, while we stretch out and look for God, the chain of the flesh has got us caught up in personal gain, worry, and other sinful and selfish desires. Fasting is a spiritual discipline helps loosen and break the power of the flesh in our lives. It helps us overcome our desires, our sins, our cravings, and instead to learn how to depend on the Holy Spirit for direction, comfort, and fulfillment. Fasting is about being willing to sacrifice and to give to God. Scott McKnight wrote this about fasting. He said, fasting helps us to express, deepen, and to confirm the resolution that we are ready to sacrifice anything, even ourselves, to attain the kingdom of God. While praying is the foundation of our spiritual formation. Fasting is, is what helps us strengthen that foundation. It's what helps remove the spiritual roots that would cause damage to it. When, when I was at the church in, in Vicksburg, I, I had a house. And my house was built in 1861. The foundation needed some love. 
it was an old Sears and Roebuck kit house um, where they brought and they sent everything there and they poured all the blocks on site and sat there and stacked them. Now that house was close to 150 years, over 150 years old actually when I bought it. And roots had started to grow in through parts of the foundation. There was part of it where the original dirt floor was still in the basement. And the tree roots, there were these two beautiful tulip trees that had been planted in the front yard on either side of the sidewalk. And the roots from those trees had started to grow towards the house and had started to come in through the basement and they had to be treated and removed or else the foundation would crumble. And if the foundation crumbles, there goes the rest of the house. Fasting does the same thing. It helps us grab a hold of the roots in our life. Now, if you fast a meal, food may not be the controlling thing in your life, but fasting a meal shows a willingness to submit to God and to depend and listen on what he has for you. It's important that we take the time to do this because God has got something for us. He's got more than what's got us chained down. He's got more than what we are giving up. And he's asking us to make the space in our lives for that. The second thing I want to point out is this. Fasting is not about getting from God, but about getting to God. A lot of people will fast when they have a need, and there is nothing wrong with that. We're called to fast and pray when we have needs in our family, when we have needs in our, our church, for our nation, for our friends, for our coworkers. But it's not just about getting something from God. It's about getting to him. It's about getting closer to him. When we fast, if we're aligning ourselves properly with God, we're not missing out on something. We may be skipping a meal, but we're not missing it. It's about this. It's about taking something good in our lives and for a moment replacing it with something better. When we choose to fast a meal, what do, we, what do we fill that time with? We could fill it with a book or a conversation or even a nap. I know when, we t when we're talking about fasting for surgery or a fasting blood sugar test, we fill that entire time with sleep usually. we need to start filling the time that we spend fasting with other things. We should be filling that space with prayer. We should be filling that space with time spent with God. God tells Isaiah that. He tells Isaiah to tell the nation of Israel like that, that we should be using the time we do fasting in tangible ways as well. Are you fasting food? Find a way to incorporate it with feeding the hungry and helping the less fortunate. There's a great program through Convoy of Hope um, where they ask you to skip the meal for a day and you take that money you would have spent on that meal, you fast, you pray, and you donate that money to Convoy of Hope to help feed those who don't have a way to get food. There are other programs that I've seen do the same thing. Um, BGMC does one, uh, Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge, does one where they call it pop out, and they ask you to give, out, give up pop for a month. And for every pop you would buy, you would donate that, what used to be a dollar, which is now like two something, 
for a bottle of pop, you would donate that to BGMC and you would help somebody who doesn't know Christ get a Bible or a missionary to be able to get them learning materials and things like that. Are you fasting media? Good. Fill that time with praying for the opposite of what you're seeing come through the news. Fill that time with prayer for what you're seeing. I don't care what news network you watch. There is nothing positive coming through it right now. It, it doesn't matter. It's, it's all slanted and it's all twisted to get you upset and to get you angry. So instead of intaking it and letting that dominate you, fast it. Pray over the state of what you're hearing. Pray over the state of what you're seeing happen around you. We don't need a news network to tell us that our world is in trouble, to tell us that our communities need Jesus, to tell us that our communities need healing. We can see that with our own eyes. We hear it with our own ears. Take time and fill that space with prayer for justice and listening to those who, whose stories you may have not heard or understand. Take it and fill that time with what God's heart is, and that's for people who don't know him. In fact, what, what's great is what Isaiah wrote there, the goal of fasting is to grow closer to God, is to let our light shine before us, is to let God work in our lives like Isaiah said. Jesus says something very similar in Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 40, when he says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Like I said, the list that, that Jesus shares in Matthew is very close to the list that Isaiah shares with us and with Israel. When we do these things, here's the great part about this. When we do these things, not only will God know us, which is fantastic, but we get to know God better as well. We're called to practice fasting, not because of what it gets us, but because of where it gets us, closer to God and closer to his heart. The third thing is this. When we talk about fasting, we've talked pretty much about fasting food, fasting liquid, but fasting takes on many forms. It can be done in many different ways. The, the key to fasting is abstaining from something that is valuable to your, you or part of your everyday life. 
Um, if you don't drink pop, fasting pop is not a sacrifice. It's just not. For me, I, I drink a whole lot more coffee than I drink pop. I can give up pop, no problem. But if you ask me to give up coffee, I would have to make a significant sacrifice my day. I would be spending a lot of time in prayer because I spend a lot of time with coffee. In the Bible, we see examples of abstaining from certain foods. We see examples of individuals abstaining from sex, abstaining from cutting their hair or their beards. These are all examples of fasting that is meant to help them grow closer to God. The kingdom of God that Jesus calls for and that he ushered in was a kingdom of sacrifice. He called to change everything and the way it was viewed. We have the same call placed in our lives as believers today. In a world, in a culture that is full of distractions, it's very easy to consume and very easy to let other things override our spiritual disciplines. It's easy to forget to fast. Now, I know I've, I've heard many people will tell you that the only true fast is food or that you have to do a fast for a specific time or follow specific fasts that you find in the Bible. You can fast food. You can fast liquids. You can fast television, social media, sugar, whatever else you feel that is something that gets in the way of you growing closer to God or it may not even get in the way. It may just be something that you know if you remove it temporarily, it will give you an opportunity to focus on God more. The point of the fast is to deny yourself so that you can focus on God. However you choose to fast, I want to make sure I say this, prayerfully consider how God calls you to fast, what he's calling to you to do. I, as a diabetic, I do not do long food fasts because it's unhealthy for me. If you, have, if you have a condition that would prevent you from doing long food fasts or specific food fasts or liquid diet fasts, water fasts, things like that, make sure you're considering because God has never called you to harm yourself. He's called you to step out and take risks, but he's never called you to blatantly harm yourself. I want you to remember that. Do a fast that is going to not only get you closer to God, but also protects yourself as well. The, the kingdom of God, I want to close, close with this. The kingdom of God, like I said just a moment ago, is a kingdom of sacrifice. Fasting is a tool that helps us see and understand the brokenness of this world. That's the important thing to remember about spiritual disciplines is that they are spiritual disciplines. They are not idols. They are not benchmarks. They are not badges of honor because we are all at different points in our life. We are all at different points in our spiritual walk. These things that God gives us as spiritual discipline are tools to help us along those walks. Just like prayer. Why do we have the gift of prayer in our lives? Because God wants to be able to communicate with us. Why do we have the gifts and the suggestion of fasting as a spiritual discipline? Because 
God wants to grow closer to us, and he wants to remove things that are in the way. Fasting is a tool that is going to help us see and understand the brokenness of the world because it helps us see as God sees. It helps us grow closer to his heart. Even more so, it helps us to move to action and to become repairers and restorers of our world. Here's the challenge. This week, here's what I want to challenge. If you're watching at home, uh, if you're watching tomorrow, which is now today, um, that's going to be confusing for you. But this Wednesday, I want to ask you to join me in fasting this Wednesday. I'm going to be fasting my lunch hour and praying for our church and praying for God to move in our church and to move in our lives in ways that we have never seen before. You can choose to fast a meal. You can choose to fast for the day. You can choose to do a sun-up, sundown fast. Um, if you're going to, you know, whatever it is, fast social media, whatever it is for that day, no matter how or when or how long you remember, remember that you are fasting for one reason, to be able to see the world the way God does and then take action to help be someone who repairs and restores through the love of Christ. That is our mission as the church. That is our job as Christ followers, is to help restore and repair the damage, the bridges that have been broken, the walls that have been built up to restore connection between people and God and people and other people. Fasting is all about changing perspective on a situation. Jesus told the disciples that some demons would only come out by prayer and fasting. And what did he mean by that? Well, I think in the context of Matthew 17. The disciples had failed to cast the demon out of a boy brought to him, them, by his father. Jesus rebukes the demon, and it comes out of the boy. The disciples then ask why he could do it, and they could not. And Jesus tells the disciples that the casting out of some demons requires prayer and fasting. Then Jesus goes on to tell the disciples that they have a lack of belief that God can do the impossible. It seems to me that Jesus is telling them that the prayer and fasting has more to do with how they see things and how they see his power, how they see his compassion, not necessarily just about the power to cast out the demon. When you fast, don't forget to pray. Fast unto God. Pray unto God. Do not worthy whether or not everyone knows you're fasting or praying. Just remember that what you do in your own walk with God will become evident by the fruit that you bear in public. As a church, I want us to be individuals who practice the, the righteous actions that we've mentioned so far, prayer and fasting. But I, I don't want us to turn them into legalistic things that detract from the freedom that comes from them. Prayer and fasting aren't something that God gives us to do to burden us. It's something he gives us to do to free us. I want us to practice fasting as an act of righteous behavior that leads us toward an understanding of our dependence on God, one that spurs us toward compassion 
in action for our fellow human beings. Thank you for joining us here today on the Bethel Sermon Series podcast. We want to invite you to join us in person at 6029 Lapeer Road on Sundays at 1030 a.m. You can also find out more information on our Facebook page or go to our website at www.bethelfamily.live. That's www.bethelfamily.live for more information. God bless. Have a great week. Subscribe and join us back for next week. Thank you.